Hello, everyone, and welcome to Dreams Unlimited Travel Podcast. My name is John Magi, and I will be your host. And in this episode, we're going to be talking all about Viking Cruise Line vacations. I'm joined at the table by our panel of experts, consultant for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Tracy Heinrichs. Hi, everyone. Client Services Manager for Dreams Unlimited Travel, Kevin Close. Hello. Again, thank you guys for watching us and for tuning in. We really appreciate it. Um, excited to talk to you about Viking Cruise Line Vacations. Um, we had not had much experience with Viking until about two years ago. Uh, Kevin and I were on our first ever Viking River Cruise. and We took a whole bunch of people with us, too. Yeah, it was a big group. Immediately fell in love with it. Mm-hmm. We thought it was fantastic. Um, we have a group going again in March. We have a, a cruise going again in March. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, towards the end of the show. But it's always been this idea of when can we go again? When can we do another river cruise? When can we fit it in? Um, doing a Viking River Cruise is much different than any other cruise experience we've had. We did a whole show on what it was like to do that round trip to Paris, and we talked about the things that surprised us about it, what we loved about it. Um, so we wanted to sort of focus a little bit more on what it is to do a Viking cruise, specifically a river cruise. And I keep saying that because Viking does offer ocean cruises. That's a fairly recent addition, but they now we do have to differentiate because they do have Viking River and Viking Ocean. Right. So and we want to make sure we're going to two separate products. We're going to focus on river cruises specifically. So Kevin, tell us what is a river cruise as opposed to an ocean cruise. A river cruise is as their advertising states you're using the original highways. Uh a lot of the towns in Europe and in Asia and other parts of the country built up around the rivers. So traveling by river, you get to go to some of the more important towns uh, in – I'm going to stick – I'm going to talk about Europe because that's what we've done. So you're using the old trade routes, and Viking has put luxury ships on them. And you yeah. travel from town to town. And one of the things that's really great someone pointed out to us is that medieval towns grew up around the river so a lot of times when you stop in a certain place you're stopping pretty much in the center of town you you pretty much can't get a better location this is where people how people migrated this is how people um traded so usually you have the center of their culture is based on is on or near the river port, right a river port for sure um, one of the things that you really have to keep in mind is that people who have a lot of experience with a, a, a cruise ship, this is very different. There is not a casino. There is not going to be uh, the entertainment. There is not going to be the shopping on the ship that you see on a regular cruise ship. I'd say a regular cruise ship, but I'm talking about something like Ocean Disney Cruise, or Royal right. Caribbean or Carnival. These are very, very different. I would tell you that a river cruise... You can expect of your ship that it is your hotel. It just moves along the river with you. So you unpack once and you have a stateroom and that's going to be your restaurant and it's going to be your hotel. And at night they will have some entertainment and things like that. But it's not it's not the grand entertainment that you would get on a, a regular cruise ship. And if you're used to uh, uh, ocean cruises, if you've been on a Disney cruise line ship, you're going to be surprised. I know I was at the size difference. This is a much smaller ship, uh, much fewer staterooms, much fewer guests. I know the Viking long ships hold about 200 to 250 people. Wow. The other thing is that I have to separate most river cruise companies and Disney. Most river crews, like for instance Viking, the, uh, maximum, the maximum number of people in a stateroom is two. Disney has built a ship with, uh, in conjunction with AMA Waterways where there are family suites. So I will do another show another day about Disney River Cruises. Right. This is, of, I have right. to sort of start – I have to keep this to the Viking. For the most part, Viking staterooms – actually not for the most part. Almost completely, Viking staterooms hold two people. The other thing you will find is that Viking, like most other cruise companies, the single supplement, if you're traveling as a solo, is double the per-person price. So I'm going to pull a number out of the air. If it's $2,000 per person or $4,000 for a couple, it's going to be $4,000 for an individual. Um, Something else that's different, 
the age of Viking travelers tends to skew higher. These, at least Viking, are not aimed at families. Well, again, you're talking about staterooms that mostly fit to right. people. So then if you are a family traveling, then you've got to get either multiple staterooms or it becomes a, a sleeping issue right. for one child. And they do have connecting rooms, right. but you do have to have two staterooms, though. Uh, so that brings the, the average age up a little bit. But I also think it's also the style of cruising and what right. you experience. I think this um, appeals more to to an older demographic, to people of a certain age who say, you know what, I don't have to jet ski or I don't have to, you know, lay on a beach all day. I want to go and I want to experience history and I want to see what this has to offer as far as culture goes. So I think that in general is appealing to someone a little bit more. One of the things that's really great is that, again, because you're stopping in the center of these towns, Viking includes an excursion. On each day of your in port, where they will take you on a guided tour. Uh, these are included in the price. There were, on the one we did, we did the Paris to the heart of Normandy. There were excursions that you could pay extra for. They were few and far between, and they weren't that expensive, but you could add things on. For the most part, every day, every excursion was included. And, and the excursions could be anything from, you know, you have to take a bus. For an hour or more to get to a location, to we stopped in one town where it was okay. We're off the bus. Follow the follow the flag. Let's walk around and see the historic areas right here in town. Right. But so. then another stop, we went and we took a bus to um, out to Gaverny, mm-hmm. Monet's home, and I mean they had five or six or seven buses of people. So it, it does. The bus, there's enough buses for everybody to go, but sometimes you do have to travel to it. Right. You're always, uh, in every case for us, for at least, the cruise director came with us. Right. In addition to local guides, everybody was given a, a headset, and the little radio thing was actually in our room, stateroom. So you took that with you every day, and you got off the ship, and that was part of your excursion. You just popped those in and went on your way. So these are not, it's not like we're going to go on an excursion here. You're dropped in the center of town. Good luck. These are guided excursions with historians and people who are trained in the industry to be professional guides. And I would tell you that if, you're, um, if you have accessibility issues, the ships themselves are very accessible. Uh, uh, on the, we were on one of the Viking long ships, and I believe there were three floors. And the elevator went between the two upper floors. So... The, the, the staterooms that are less, the lower priced are on the lowest floor, and they don't, on the long ships, they don't have balconies. They have portholes. The elevator did not go to the lowest floor. So you would need a, you would need to make sure that you, uh, whoever was booking your cruise knew that you had accessibility issues with stairs and things like that. Can I ask you a couple questions? No. Uh, for, <laughs> I'm in the middle the of the speech. Yeah. Wait until I'm done, please. First thing I was wondering with the tours, um, did Viking have bicycles available for people who wanted to do self? I know some of the river cruises will do that. When you get off, there's like a whole row of, of bicycles. This was uh, not can... in any place we stopped. Okay. No. But there were the two towns that were... The most walkable, mm-hmm. I don't even think you would have bikes because they were very cobblestone oh, okay. and very hilly. Right. And they were also quite close to the river, so yeah. it wasn't like you had far to go. Right. Now, they were Viking was very good about telling you the strenuous level. Sure. Um, when we got off, we went to a little town called Les Andelis, and there was this beautiful little town. We really upped their... Um, Population? No, their financial gains. Oh, their financial gains. <laughs> we were there. Their GDP. But one of the the excursion that day was that you hiked up a mountain to the castle of Richard the Third, and there were people that were quite excited about it. And one of our friends texted us from the top and said, "Okay, come get me now. Send a car. <laughs> for send me. a car. Send a helicopter." It was apparently a very very strenuous walk. So if that's an issue to you. Just make sure you know before you go. Can I also talk about, you asked about the bike thing. I don't know this for a fact, but based on the experience we had and based on what I know other people's requests were 
of the ship, I believe that if you said, I want a bike at this place, they would have a bike waiting for right. you. That was a level of service we experienced. Now, keep in mind, we took a one-week cruise. We took a seven-night cruise, and we went from Paris to Normandy. Now, I think a lot of people I – don't, I don't think a lot of people understood what that meant. When we boarded the ship on the first day, that ship didn't move. They were they. What they offered was excursions into Paris. We did not move until the second night, and that was we spent a couple of in a couple of the different ports along the river. We would spend overnight in that town, and there would still be more to do the next day. So it's not a constant port, port, port. There's days where you actually stay in the same place. And I think that was a surprise to us because I thought I was going to be able to sit out on my balcony and watch the countryside go by. That happened a couple of times, but a lot of times we traveled at night. That might be itinerary based too. I think it, on and again, where, I only have that one to go yeah. on. But it was, I loved it. But that's what we did. And I, it just was a surprise. It was different than what I expected. Second question. Do they allow motorized scooters? I'm guessing no. Like ECVs? I know they do not on the ocean cruises. Right, which makes me wonder if they don't. I haven't heard that on a river cruise. But I'll um, be honest with you. I don't believe we saw anybody in either a scooter or a wheelchair on our cruise. In the, um, the residential section of the ship, there's a hallway. Right. And there's staterooms on both sides. There's not a lot of room. I don't believe there'd be a lot of room to park a scooter, to maneuver a scooter. And I know on cruise ships, larger cruise ships, you can park a scooter in your room. I would tell you that unless you had one of the biggest staterooms, that's not... Even You're not so going we to have find the biggest room. one, and I don't think we would fit one in. Right? Yeah. They might, you know, to be honest, with you, we should probably look that up and look at it. But they might be not allowed on the river right. cruises because right. of the size of the ship. Now, I also know that on the ocean cruise, there's a minimum age of 16. I believe there are minimum ages all along yeah. on on Viking ships. I know on the river cruise a few years back when Ben was younger, we looked at it as an option for a family vacation. And when I called to get pricing, as you had mentioned, there was nothing that would sleep three. We would have had to get two staterooms. But I can tell you in that conversation with the Viking agent, they strongly discouraged us from booking. They didn't say we weren't allowed to book. We weren't welcome to book, but they strongly discouraged it. I'm going to be honest with you. It's... You know, your stateroom is where you sleep. Um, There's a restaurant, and then there's a multi-purpose lounge that in the morning they serve a la carte breakfast. At lunch, they serve lunch. Uh, It kind of becomes the library, reading room, social gathering place. And then at night, it becomes a cocktail lounge. Now, we went in October, and we were in northern France. But on the very upper deck... There was a shuffleboard court and there was a walking track. That's kind of the activities. Um, Every day there was a lecture about the next port. And it was usually 20 or 30 minutes where they would talk about the historical significance. Uh, We went to Rouen, which everybody in France pronounced Rouen. And that's where Joan of Arc was burned at the stake. So there was a whole historical little bit of a lecture where they explained that. Another thing they do each day was the chef would come out and tell you what he had found at the market that day before and what that meant for dinner. So dinner was very fresh and very flavorful, but that's what the chef would talk about that. As far as kids, I don't think I would discourage anyone with kids from going, but I would say know your kids very well. Right. If you have a child, I mean, there are kids out there who love history, mm-hmm. and what a great way to show them Europe, you know, a very safe way to show them Europe. You know, you're staying on that boat for sure, but you don't want them to be bored and expecting a pool and a slide. And I know when I ate book Adventures by Disney, parents ask me all the time, are there other kids on the adventure my kid's age? I would tell you that if you're booking your children into a Viking River cruise, no, there are not. There are, you, sorry. Sorry, there are no activities for them. Mm-hmm. It is not aimed at children. 
for us, the reason we were considering it was because when Ben was 16, we were thinking about doing a tour of Europe. And so the typical tour of Europe with either interflights or doing something like an ABD where you're on the bus, you're changing hotels multiple times, that would have been an added stress for him. I've mm-hmm. mentioned before that Ben has Asperger's. Um, and so... For us, the river cruise sounded like a good alternative because it was transportation between the different countries that we wanted to go. We were looking at a very port-intensive tour. Um, And there was um, familiarity in the accommodations. Like, that would be the same throughout Yeah, think about that. You have to go back to the same room Exactly. And the fact that it was quiet and wasn't a lot going on would have been a benefit for him. Um, And the other benefit was, as opposed to doing a regular cruise – was that, as you had mentioned earlier, the river cruise, it's coming into the heart of everything. Right. Whereas your typical med cruise or a lot of European cruises, you're so far away. So while we would have had the benefit of the same bed every night, we could have been on a bus for an hour right. or two hours to get to anything that he wanted for to sure. see. The, yeah. Some of the ports on, a, on an ocean cruise are you pull into an industrial port right. where there's nothing to do just off the right. ship. This is, um, this is a little bit different. Yeah. I loved yeah. The fact that I just looked at it as my hotel. Right. Even my the, hotel and my restaurant. Even the port outside Paris, so you did have to take a bus to go to Paris, there was a little town there. And people visited the little medieval town and enjoyed that. So there's always something to do right off the boat, for sure. Let's talk a little bit more about life on board with food. Um, I want to say something about the okay. staff. There's far less staff than on a uh, typical ocean going cruise when you have you know people who are waiters and uh, bartenders and lifeguards, the staff on this ship was much smaller. however, I think they are the very definition of versatile because one day the cruise director was loading cases of water on the ship, and the next day you know uh, the gentleman who was the bartender before was cleaning your room. this was these are multi-purpose staff. Now, again, we've only been on one so far, but I can't say enough about how wonderful yeah, they I mean, it's about are. efficiency, too. Right. You know, they only have a certain number of room for staff, so they've got to multitask. We saw the captain unloading the luggage the last day. That's right. He was off the ship. We got off the, to go on a, um, an excursion. And the captain of the ship was out directing people to the buses and where you were supposed to go because everybody had been given uh, sort of a, a number to know which bus they had been assigned to. And we love to talk about, when we talk about the, the cruise lines, we talk about Disney and Royal Caribbean, we love to compare um, customer service and staff attentiveness. I received no better attention than on the Viking River Cruise. That's well, far surpassed any other cruise I've ever been on, including Disney. But again, it's not like you're on a ship. Right. They, it was more like there was a check-in desk where if you were in a hotel and you had an issue with anything, you would go to the check-in But more desk. like a B&B. Like you knew the owners because right. they were always there and always mm-hmm. present and helping you with everything. It was very, I thought it was fantastic. I think there was also some culture shock for – People who take traditional ocean cruises. Viking was very lax in all of their rules. As a matter of fact, the day we boarded, we all stood there sort of slack-jawed because the cruise director said to us, do you guys drink wine? And we had a couple of people with us, and the answer to that question is yes. Um, I personally don't, but... She said she pointed that there was a Monoprix, which is a little grocery store in France or a big grocery store. And she said they have a great wine selection over there. And if you're looking for snacks or something for your stateroom, go over and pick up your stuff. And, you know, we have the questions all the time on cruise ships. Can I bring my own alcohol? Can I bring my own wine? Can I bring my own food? On Viking, the answer is yes. And as a matter of fact, they suggest where you should go and who has the best selection. I remember, too, you know, you're traveling to places like when we're in France, places that are known for wine, known for cheese. So, you know, being able to bring that back to your stateroom and enjoying it. Or even we brought it back to the common areas one day and a whole bunch of us got together and just sort of hung out and had a little picnic. I didn't buy wine, but I did get Emmenthaler Pringles. In France, they have Pringles. Two years later. I know. Still I'm talking, still talking about uh, the Emmentaler Palace. I might go back just for that. Uh, so they're very. There's a, a very laissez-faire attitude about this. It's not. 
it's it's not it's just not the same. The other thing I would tell you was they have a restaurant. This is not rotational dining. This is not where you have to have 36 different restaurants. Everybody goes to the same restaurant every day. Uh, breakfast is on a sliding scale in that breakfast is available from 6.30 till... Depending on when we get the, the ex- Right, whatever yeah. excursion you're going out on. So it's not a one-seating. Lunch, lunch was very... Um, it was... It was not as extensive as breakfast and dinner because 99% of the people were out somewhere on an excursion. But they did serve lunch every day, but it was sandwiches and soup. And we went in one day because we got back from our excursion earlier, and the cruise director was scooping out soup and making sandwiches. So when I tell you they're versatile, they do a lot. But dinner was in the same room every night. There are various size tables, and what we found was fairly quickly that people sort of broke into groups. And while you were able to sit anywhere you wanted, I think people kind of sat with the same people every night. I, and I think if you decided all of a sudden that you were going to go sit on the other side at somebody else's table, it would have it caused a fuss. Yeah. Because people had sort of formed groups at the very beginning. Now, but it's not, it wasn't exclusionary. But if you sat down with the f- people one night, you had started a conversation, you just gravitated to them the next night. Again, we went with a large group, so we were sort of built into our group. It felt to me that people went on these cruises actually to make friends. Mm-hmm. People were very, very friendly to each other, were inviting people to sit at their table, were enjoying that and sort of made friends during the course of the cruise. So I know you, Tracy got the heebie-jeebies over No, here. I can hear Chris right now saying, yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah, Chris just got hives. Yeah. However, I don't want to make it sound like, you know, oh, come sit with me, you know, <laughs> I want to pet you while we eat. You know, this is people who are just, I think, you know, mature people yeah. who thought, here, I'm going to be on this cruise for this amount of time. You know, let's interact you with other people. You would see that in the multi-purpose. They called it, on the ship we were on, it was the Akavit Lounge. And it was all glass Enclosed, and then at one end it opened, and there was an outside deck. And some days it was nice enough to sit outside. Some days it was chilly. But you would see people in there. Somebody might be in there reading. Other people might have formed and started a card game. So it was just, it was very relaxed. It wasn't. Yeah. The other thing, too, is I think with dinner, what was nice about this was there was no need to entertain us. You know, a turtle didn't come by and talk to me. Things didn't change color. It sort of was like, you know what, you're all mature enough on your own. What's the matter? There was like... Was that too specific? There was a second and a half when I didn't realize the reference. And I'm thinking, do turtles often come by and talk to you? On some cruise ships, it's annoying. The theme of the dining room... Is dining. Is dining, exactly. (laughs) I believe they leave it to yourselves to understand that you can entertain yourselves during a dinner. You don't have to be entertained. Something else that's very unusual about the Viking cruise, beer and wine were included with lunch and dinner. And, again, coming from a typical cruise ship mentality, I assume that would mean you got two ounces of wine and then you were done. And anything else you had to pay for. The wine was free-flowing. And when I tell you free-flowing, one of the people that was with us said to the waiter, can I get another glass of wine? And he said, see all those bottles over there? Go take one. And she said, go take a glass? He goes, no, go take a bottle. Do you want to take a bottle back to your stateroom? It was, they were very generous with your drink. Now, if you wanted mixed drinks, you paid for those. Right. And but they do have uh drink packages where you you can get uh all your drinks unlimited. Right. I would tell you to keep in mind that you're probably going to be off the ship almost all day every day. So that your on-ship time usually is in the evening. So I would ask you to um yeah, keep that in mind. Just kind of do the math you in your eat. head. Yeah. Are you going to get your money's worth out of this? But the uh, let's go back to the food. We were shocked. This never seemed like the great hall of the people dining experience that some Disney or some, excuse me some uh, cruise ship restaurants can seem like. I was this was restaurant quality food every night, and there was always three or four options. 
Like, for instance, one night he found fresh frog's legs. So he made frog's legs. and But you didn't have to have frog's legs, But you legs, did not. Tracy. I mean, that was not your only <laughs> choice. I think that night there was a steak. Right. There was a piece of grilled fish. And there was a vegetarian entree. So he would try and uh, highlight local ingredients that he had just purchased. But again... This was not your only choice. And I think if you had said to them, listen, I really want a cheeseburger and french fries, they would have done backflips yeah. into the kitchen to make you your cheeseburger and french fries. People are often concerned about allergies and food, dietary restrictions. You couldn't do better on a, on a cruise like this, on a river cruise, because the chef is coming to your table. It was also much, yeah, you. it was much more individualized yeah. than a classic cruise ship experience. This was... He was out every day. He was out and about talking to people. He asked people if they wanted to come back and look in his kitchen. Um, one day he asked a couple of people if they wanted to help prepare something for dinner. It was It's a much more personal experience. First of all, there's only there's less than 300 of you on the ship, depending on the ship. And I don't want to give a specific number because I would be making it up. The food was excellent. Just excellent. And that was true at breakfast. There was a buffet at breakfast where you could pick those things out, but there was also an omelet station. Yep. There was a waffle station, and there was something else. Crepes. Crepes. He was making crepes. But you could have Eggs Benedict every morning. You, there was a full menu also. And there were snacks food. available during the day. Um, there was a very expensive coffee machine with in the in the common area and you had cookies out and expensive in that it cost Viking a lot to yeah, buy yeah, I'm sorry, it, right. this was not expensive to the guest. It right. was just there for you to use. Right. It was like a cappuccino latte type of machine, but there would be muffins out or cookies out. You would not go hungry on this cruise yeah. for sure. Um every room had a little refrigerator in it. So while you were in port, if you wanted something like for instance we kept ours filled with bottles of water and Diet Coke. Uh, you could put whatever you wanted in there. And again, Viking did not limit what you could bring on the ship. So we talked about the ships themselves, how they're different, uh, ports of call, sort of. We're going to do a little bit more of itineraries later. And actually life on board the ship. Let's talk a little bit about the the sort of maintenance of booking a reservation, deposit, balance, because that's different as well than a regular cruise. It is. Traditional Ocean the first cruise. thing you need to do is you need to figure out where you want to go and when you want to go. That's true of pretty much yeah. every vacation you're ever going to book. You got to know when, you got to know where. Once you have that figured out, uh, the Viking process is a little different. Viking requires a $500 per person deposit that becomes immediately non-refundable. Uh, they have a fairly liberal uh, Penalty for canceling. If you cancel up until 120 days prior, it's a $100 per person cancellation fee. Once you get within inside 120 days, the penalties increase. Percentage-wise, based on how close right. you get As to how close you are to travel. Now, Viking offers uh, Talk about balance again. Talk about balance. But you do deposit. Oh, you do balance deposit. Balance is different a little bit as well. Um, Viking wants their money fairly soon. Yeah. Which is Depending weird. on the proximity of your cruise, uh, you might have to pay a year in advance. Yeah, it's not like other cruise lines where it's 90 days before you travel or 45 days before you travel. It's like... 30 or 60 days or 45 days from the time you book. Now, and that's going to be a shock if you're booking a very expensive vacation to all of a sudden have to come up with $10,000. Like you would like you to pay within 30 days 30 of you days. making your deposit. If you book through me or you book through someone else, you can request an extension. Not someone else, just Kevin. Here, just book through me. Uh, you can request an extension. And that's usually. I've been able to get as close as six months prior to departure. Usually, the most I can go, depending on when you book and when you make your deposit, is six months from your deposit date. Again, you really have to understand that Viking is different than other cruises. And they're very, very, you know, sort of regimented about it. You had done one where you forgot to ask and then realized it and called back that afternoon and they told you no. And you just sort of flipped it up on them. And, and I finally said, then I'll pay the $200 cancellation right. fee. Let's rebook them. And then we can redo it. And they, they, All right. they kind of hemmed and hawed and agreed. Uh, Viking offers a very robust insurance policy. If you 
book, if you add and pay for insurance, within 14 days of making your deposit, Viking offers something that's kind of unheard of. First of all, your insurance would then cover all pre-existing conditions. And the other thing it offers you is if you do add it and pay within 14 days, Viking offers you cancel for any reason insurance up until the day before the cruise. That's actually pretty cool. That If you try and do that with almost any other form of travel, that is a huge rider on any insurance policy. Most uh, insurance, most travel companies, I'm going to talk about Disney. Disney does not offer cancel for any insurance, any reason. You would have to go to an outside source and you will pay much more for your travel insurance to cover cancel for any reason. It's included in Vikings insurance. I wish I could tell you that it's 8% or 9% or 10%. It's not. It's based on your cruise. Uh, Just to give you an example, a cruise that's running $5,500 for two people, the insurance is, and I only know this because I did it recently, the insurance is $349 per person. And that covers your cruise only. If you do any additional add-ons, um, if you add air, air if you add uh, pre, and pre and post days with Viking, your insurance goes up to cover the cost of those additional things. So it's it's a very robust insurance policy, but you do have to do it and pay for it very very quickly. Talk about their air option. A lot of times when you go to the Viking website, there's big promotions. Uh, you know, two for one and get your air to any city for 200 bucks. There's always these sort of air pushes going on with Viking. Ta- as long as you're talking about what the promotions are, Viking is famous for telling you that you're uh, showing you on the uh, their website that the price is two for one. And they're a little devious about that. You'll see a price of $3,500. Again, these are made-up numbers. And it'll say two for one. So you assume that two people are going for that $3,500. Just above that, in a much lighter gray font with a line through it, is the cost of $7,000 per person. So the $3,500 is the cost. The two-for-one price. They're listing it as the two-for-one price. But that is not the cost for two people. That is per person. Assume that everything on Viking's site is a per-person cost. And if there's two of you, you have to double it. And if you're a single traveling alone, you still have to double it. Viking runs an air promotion with every cruise they offer. Uh, The cruise that we're doing on Viking Ocean in March has a cost of $8.95 per person. And what I'm supposed to say is that is from most major U.S. airports. I apologize if you live in a small town with a regional airport. It's not going to be eight hundred ninety-five. Get to the bigger airport. You got to get to the bigger airport. Orlando would qualify. Miami would qualify. That uh, I might even be able to get it from Tampa if you were in Florida. So those are the airports you have to get to. One of those. The cost is eight ninety-five per person. Now, this gets complicated. The air is for home to destination. On the day the cruise departs, and then your final destination, which sounds very ominous, the last port where the, your cruise ends that day. It is an older clientele. destination, you know, really. You um, it's your last where you depart the ship from that airport home on the day the cruise ends. So that is what the Viking Air covers. If you add pre and post stays through Viking – your air can then cover those also. However, if you want to deviate in any way from that home to destination, last stop on the cruise to home, Viking starts adding deviation fees. Now, Viking sells you bulk air. You're not going to pick a carrier. You're not going to pick a flight schedule. You're not going to pick a seat assignment. Viking is going to do that for you in basic economy 30 to 45 days before your departure. If you want to make any of those decisions on your own, there's an upcharge. And once you start making those upcharges, the airfare can get expensive. Now, that's ocean. On the river cruises, like right now they're running a promotion that air is 195 a person. 
to Europe from most major metropolitan cities. The same parameters are in, are the same. You get bulk air. You leave the day of the cruise, the day the cruise starts, and you come home the day the cruise ends, unless you do the add-on packages. Uh, it's basic uh, uh, economy seating. And if you want to move to premium economy or you want to move to business class, the price goes up exponentially. Now, I can talk about somebody that I've booked who their option was they live in um, Tennessee. And if they wanted to get the 195 pricing, they had to get to, like, Cleveland or they had to get to Atlanta. If they wanted to fly out of their regional airport, which isn't a huge airport, it was an extra $200 per person. So they got their air for 495 yeah. And they might have paid that anyway to get there, right? If they went from their regional airport to... Oh, I'm sure they would have had to pay to get yeah. to, you know, or rent a car or take some right. form of transportation or pay to park for a week. Um, so they're going to fly out of their local airport, but there was a $200 upcharge. So when you see that price, keep in mind that as long as you live near JFK... Right, and you're meeting their exact criteria. Right. But we know people have taken advantage of it. So, mm-hmm. you know, if you can, you can, right? And if you don't mind not knowing where you're going to sit or what your flight schedule is going to be to the last minute... See, I travel with you, so it would no, never no, work no, for no. me. <laughs> it would not work for me either. Yeah. Not in any way, shape, or form. No, you don't get to choose anything. No. And... I do have to tell you that because they're selling you bulk air, I have seen them not even put a couple in the same row. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. You, you fill an empty seat, but you're paying $200 for that airfare. So um, let's talk about add-ons. Viking offers Viking offer doesn't Viking doesn't offer a one-night option where you arrive a day early. If you're going to do that, you're on your own. Viking does offer two or three night options usually before each cruise and that would include your hotel your breakfast and an excursion but which is kind of nice if you're going like again we did paris we didn't take advantage of this but other folks did so now you've got this excursion in paris included before you even get on the cruise i i think it's a great deal right so it's i will tell you that while i think the cruises are fairly priced i think the add-ons are a little high. However, I have people tell me, I don't want to do anything. And these are perfect. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viking offers transfers. You can purchase Viking transfers. They are very, very, very specific. Where I told you they had a very laissez-faire attitude about you bringing wine on the ship. They are not laissez-faire about their transfers. <laughs> they will offer you a transfer from the airport to the ship on the day the ship starts at $60 per person per leg of transfer that you buy. So for a couple, it's $120 to transfer from the airport to the ship. If you book an add-on through Viking or you book Viking Air, those transfers are included. If you decide to arrive a night early, there is no scheduling a transfer with Viking. I've had um, when I book an ABD, people will say to me, "Listen, I'm going to go do things on my own in this town. How can I get a transfer to the ABD hotel?" And I can usually set it up where if you go back to the airport, ABD will set up a, a transfer from there. Viking will not. They will only set up transfers in concordance with your arrival flight, your flight arrival. Excuse me. Does that make sense? Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. You, they're just those are the only options. Or if you book there pre, right? You book Viking Air transfers are included, or if you book the Viking add-on transfers from the add-on hotel to the ship right. will are included. If you're just looking to book transfers on your own, it, and you've booked your air on your own, it's strictly airport to ship, and at the end of your cruise, it's ship to airport. If we have proven nothing else, this is why you need a travel agent. <laughs> because you get into this minutia of it, and it can drive you crazy. It can. Of all the different stuff going on. i so, got to be honest with you. This has taken me time to – because when you call and ask a question, they answer your question. But that doesn't usually give you all of yeah. the – Right. They have not anticipated that you're going to have 4,000 more questions. Oh, questions. So I've gotten to the point now where when I call and ask the question – they know that they have to give me the full picture. So we've done life on board. We've done sort of the nuts and bolts of booking and the specifics and what's included and what's not included. We're going to touch on itineraries, ports, 
uh, and pricing. However, we're really going to do a tiny, tiny, tiny bit. Because here's the deal. <laughs> if you go to the Viking website and look, there's nine different categories of river cruise. Danube, Rhine, France, Portugal, Germany, Russia, Asia, Egypt, and Holiday. Within each of these, there are multiple itineraries. Some of them overlap. For example, you know, you might have a holiday cruise that's also in Germany, and the same cruise will the, the date will just be on both side, sections of it. So it's very, very you know we could never ever go through every single option and talk about it. Just as an example, for the Danube River cruises, there are seven seven different options within that category, and they range from. You know, seven, eight days, 15 days, 12 days. And then there's the big one, which is the European sojourn, Amsterdam to Bucharest. That's 23 days. I'm going to talk just right now about the Grand European right. Tour. So I just want to put it in perspective of why there's no way we could sort of right. do a whole show on itineraries. And then within each itinerary, within each cruise, there's eight or ten stateroom categories. Right. And then there's choices of dates because it's not usually right. not just one date. No, they – Right. And what happens is these run back and forth. Right. These, they go back and forth on the same itinerary just backwards. For instance, something called the Grand European Tour. Let's not even pick a date. It's Amsterdam to Budapest. It's 15 days. There are 12 guided tours. You go through four countries. And the staterooms start – uh, $39.99, a dollar less than $4,000 for two people, or per person based on double occupancy. Right, per person. Per person. $4,000 per person. I said it wrong. Based it's, on double, double so occupancy. So if you're a single traveler, it's still $8,000. But that's a 15 day cruise, and you have to take into account that that is your hotel and all of your food and your excursions. Now, I, I that keep in mind, that for $39.99, you are going to get a room with portholes. It's going to be the smallest room on the ship that the price is going to go up from there. Something else I would tell you to keep in mind, and I don't usually say this, we tell people to book early for the best price. Biking cruises don't change price very often, but I was trying to get some pricing for this coming summer, and the vast majority of cruises I looked at Every stateroom was sold out. Yeah. That's the other thing, too. Because of the small occupancy, these, they, first of all, the lower categories go very fast. Right. The, the least expensive ones are the first to fill. But also, the, you know, finding the whole ship sold out is not uncommon. Now, if you're looking for the biggest suite on the ship, you're going to have more choices this summer if you want to go. If you're looking for one of the lesser categories, you're right. And I went through cruise after cruise after cruise to try and give an example. And I finally realized that I'm just going to have to tell people, yeah. for the most part, these ships are sold out. Now, that's not to say if you tell me that there's a ship and a date you want to go on that I can't call for you. Because I talk to Viking quite frequently now that I can't check. We have a client who wanted to go on a holiday cruise that's been sold out quite for quite a while. Every time I call Viking, I ask. And last week I went, ran into not only a cancellation, but I kind of, kind of ran into a unicorn of a cancellation. It was the exact category they wanted to book, and it was midship. Excuse me, and it was the perfect reservation. That doesn't always happen. I might have to come back and say to you, you wanted this level of stateroom. This is what's been canceled. Now, because Viking requires you to put your deposit down and it's immediately non-refundable, and because they ask for full payment in such a short time, cancellations are not as frequent as they are when other ships – you have you have until ninety days before departure to cancel. Smaller down payments. People hold the cruise and then right. and think they about their it. Mind and this they- is one of those things that it's a it's to cancel a Viking cruise is going to cost you a minimum of two hundred dollars because you're going to pay a hundred dollars per person. Single people pay double. They pay a two hundred dollar cancellation fee. I don't, maybe that's not true. Maybe it's just a hundred dollars if you cancel a single occupancy stateroom. Don't hold me to that. But even if you purchase insurance, like, for instance, on a $5,500 cruise, you're paying almost $700 in insurance. Now, that gives you the right to cancel your cruise up until the day before departure. 
but then you're still out seven hundred dollars because insurance your insurance back. is non-refundable. Yeah. So this is one of those things that you kind of need to know that you want to go. Yeah. Let me now, throw let me throw one more price out there though because the one you picked was, in my opinion, on the higher end. So you're looking at something like the Romantic Danube. This is a very popular itinerary. This mm-hmm. is Budapest to Nuremberg. And then Nuremberg back to Budapest. You can right. choose either direction. direction. Between those two cities. Eight days, six guided tours, three countries. This is coming up in their um, from bottom line price as $1,699 per person. So, again, you're talking about $1,700 per person for something that includes your guided tours, that includes your room, that has all of your meals included. You know, this is a pretty good price. And, again, from going up to other staterooms, you're talking about a couple hundred bucks as you start to move up category to category. So as you get into something a little bit better, it's not a huge outlay of money, I think, for a great trip. I did a little research on the trip that we did because, first of all, I think this is a great way to taste river cruising. It's a seven-night cruise. So for a lot of people, that means they only have to take a week's vacation. It doesn't involve – it doesn't go into two weeks. It is the Paris to the heart of Normandy cruise. It's seven nights, eight days. I picked August 15th through the 22nd, 2018. And the price starts at $28.99. And goes up to eighty four ninety nine. Now that eighty four ninety nine is the explorer suite where you have two two separate rooms. You have a the back of the ship where you have an, um, a wraparound balcony. You have considerably more space. I would let you know that unless you jump up into what uh, Viking calls their suite levels, that your room is small. I would tell you that you're probably going to sleep and shower in your room. These are not spacious by any stretch. Each one will come with a small desk. Each one will come with a TV. But these are these are not huge staterooms. But they expect you that most people want to be out socializing when that time is going. That's what's going on. Or you're going to be off the ship. That you're not going to just check into your hotel and sleep in your room all day. So I think... Again, I think twenty eight ninety nine in the height of summer for a seven night accommodation. But again, that includes all your food and all your excursions, and your beer and wine with dinner, and your beer and wine with dinner. Um, and you can for this, I checked, you can get the hundred ninety five dollar air per person, as long as you're willing to fit into that. You know, that square peg, you have to fit into Vikings. You're going to fly in the day the cruise starts. You're going to fly out the day the cruise ends. And you're going to come from a major airport. You're okay with them picking your air carrier, your schedule, and your seating assignment. This could be a relatively inexpensive I mean, way to see your. You know, $2,900 per person. So it's what? Six grand for two people. Six grand. $400 for airfare. But that includes food, drink, and your. Travel your um, sightseeing. I do want to add too. If you book through Dreams Unlimited Travel, we do offer a shipboard credit for these sailings, like all of our sailings, based on your final price. So can't give you a number right now, but if you go to our website and you can look at our cruise specials, you'll see that we do offer a shipboard credit. Um, I would also like to mention that we've talked about Europe. These are everywhere. Yeah, I gave the list of you know Egypt, Asia, um, Russia. So, I mean, you're talking about there's ways to see other parts of the world in the same environment, which I think is fantastic. I think it was a great way to travel. Uh, One of the more popular itineraries is becoming Southeast Asia. I do want to end up with one thing, and I'm going to end up with the thing that I think is going to make everybody want to do a Viking cruise. You get to work with me. (laughs) You do get to work with Kevin. That is a plus. Is go and check out Viking's website and look at the holiday cruise video. The cruises that go at Christmas time and visit the Christmas markets. Whether or not you've ever thought of doing a river cruise before, this is going to make you want to go. I just want you to know, this it almost sounds like we're drug dealers. This is river cruise crack. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I have to now watch that video with the sound off because I get a scream from the other room. You're not watching that again, are you? <laughs> if you go to Vikings website and look under... Um, videos it's the very first one under holiday and it's called christmas market and the lady who's married to the man who runs viking 
does a tour of the Christmas Is that market. true? Is that, that, that her true. name? Is that really no, who that's she not is? her name. Is that really her <laughs> Yes, that's her relationship. She's married to the man who runs Viking. Wow. Um, and she cool. takes you through the Christmas markets, mm-hmm. and she talks to you. Uh, about how her and her mother got started because they wanted to do something else at Christmas. And she talks about going to this one place in Austria where they sell prune people, where people this man couldn't afford to make pr- couldn't afford presents for his kids, so he made them dolls with prune people heads. And every time I watch it, I think I'm getting a prune person. I'm just, I'm <laughs> I have to have one of those things. Persons. I don't even know if that would pass customs. It's so romantic and it's so Christmassy. And they show you everybody bundled up and sort of, you know, a little bit of snow on the ground. And <laughs> we just call that Canada. <laughs> yeah, but do you have prune people? We do. I'm not talking we about your parents. Them, but- <laughs> I'm telling your mother. I'm telling your mother. You call her a prune person. They just—they look so incredible, and just being able to see all the lights at Christmas time and everything—it's just—it will get you wanting to do a, a cruise for sure. I just thought cruise. of something someone else asked me: What's the um, dress code on a cruise on a Viking cruise? If you watch the videos, everyone's walking around in khaki pants and cashmere sweaters. That was not the case on the one we went on. It's not going to be the case on any one I go on moving forward. They do ask that no matter what time of year you go, that shorts are not allowed in the dining room. But it is, it was. I think we wore jeans probably most of the time in the dining room. I would describe it as cruise casual. But they ask you not to wear shorts into the dining room. You would wear long pants of some sort. I agree. Uh, So it was, but it was much more casual than those people in the video. So if you are looking to do a Viking River Cruise or any River Cruise, um, you can contact your Dreams Unlimited Travel Agent or you can contact Kevin or any one of us here at the table and we will make sure that we get you but mostly uh, Kevin to the right person uh, to book your cruise. Give it a try. Give it a look. I think it's a fantastic way to vacation. It really I is. I think it's going to it, – all it did for us – was make us wonder when the next one was going to yeah. be. Offered us another option for vacationing. Excellent. Kevin, thank you very much. Thank you guys for participating and being here for this conversation. Thank you, everybody at home, for listening and watching. We hope you have a great week, and we hope you have a great vacation. Mm-hmm.